0: I just say I'm a, I'm a pastor on campus at Malone. That works. Yeah. That works. People generally understand that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, to
2: mm-hmm. okay,
0: yeah, yeah. um, make you, I Welcome. Thank you. and I pray for you, you begin? Mm, Please.
2: Then let us pray. And then you folks begin. Christ God, we ask your blessing.
0: that I have, most of you know that I have two kids. You saw the little Scrunions grow up in this church. Just as an update, Abby is finishing her freshman year at college, at Grove City College. And Noah is finishing his junior year at Glen Oak High School. And he's shot up over the Leon average and he's about this tall now. Um, Abby's a little under the Leon average, which Noah likes to remind her of every time he sees her. So can you guys hear me okay? Is this mic working all right? Okay, so anyway, thanks for having me back. This is one of the things I love to do, which is to teach in this kind of setting and also just to teach people how to understand the Bible better. And so I get really nerdy excited when I get to do things like this. So thanks for inviting me. Um, I'd love to know, because I know you've been studying the overall Bible, story of the Bible for many months. I'd love to know who in here has generally been here for the majority of those classes. I like, guess this the usual, oh, there it is. Is this the usual gang? So some here and there. Okay, so that just helps me. Um, my understanding is that the class has really dived into the Bible, and it's studied as literature and history, studying it as theology and wisdom. And so today, what I want to do is is to help you process the entire Bible. What I really want to do is help you to think through, okay, now that I've either been in this class and I've heard all these months of information, or now that I'm at this point in my life and I understand sort of this much of the story of the Bible, what can I? how can I put legs on that? What do I do with that? How do I talk to other people about that? And how do I also take that into my heart and consider the Bible devotionally? So this is a transition week going to be taking those ideas and figuring out, how could I tell the story of the Bible to someone else who might ask me? And then we're going to start moving into, how can I approach this book as a way to grow myself spiritually in a regular, regular way? And then that is going to be the main focus we will continue then for the next three weeks. So we've got some work together. Dave's already prayed for us, so here we go. Rich, if you want to click to that next slide for me, only have a few slides, so it's a good thing Rich is here. There you go. Okay. So just for fun, when we're talking about the story of the Bible, I brought with me, um, it's, this is supposed to be funny, okay, but I brought with me something I found online. So a child was asked to write a book report on the entire Bible, and here's some excerpts of what that child said. In the beginning, which occurred near the start, there was nothing but God, darkness, and some gas. The Bible says, the Lord thy God is one, but I think he must be a lot older than that. Anyway, God said, give me a light, and someone did. He split the Adam and made Eve. (laughs) Adam and Eve were naked, but they weren't embarrassed because mirrors hadn't been invented yet. Adam and Eve had a son Cain who hated his brother as long as he was able. One of the next I'm skipping. One of the next important people was Noah. Noah built a large boat and put his family and some animals on it. He asked some other people to join him, but they said they would have to take a rain check. Moses led the Israelites lights, Israel lights, out of Egypt and away from the evil Pharaoh after God sent ten plagues on Pharaoh's people. These plagues included frogs, mice, lice, and bowels. I <laughs> don't know what that's supposed to be. God fed the Israelites every day with manicotti. <laughs> One of Moses' best helpers was Joshua, who was the first Bible guy to use spies. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, And there's only a few more. After Joshua came David. He had a son named Solomon who had about 300 wives and 500 porcupines. (laughs) After the Old Testament came the New Testament. Jesus is the star of the new. He was born in Bethlehem in a barn. Jesus had 12 opossums. The the worst one was Judas Asparagus. Jesus was a great man. He healed many leopards and even preached to some Germans on the mount. And finally, Jesus died for our sins, then came back to life again. He went up to heaven, but we'll be back at the end of the aluminum. So when we hear things, we start to form this big picture in our head, okay? Um, But I think it's important that you would know how would you tell someone about the Bible. So imagine if you have children or grandchildren in your life, or imagine if you went to a restaurant after church today and a waitress asked you, or a child asked you, what is that Bible about? Why is that so important? Or what about a clerk at a checkout counter who happened to see if you had a cross on your lapel pin or around your neck? You just have these brief glimpses of time to tell someone. These people aren't going to be interested in the Bible as literature, history, exposition. They're going to want to know, why is this book so important? And you're just going to have a brief shot at telling them. What would you say? So this is what I'd like you to think through, the big story of the Bible called the meta-narrative, big story, and um, we're going to work together in groups, and so the way that I do things is uh, um, we do group work, we do interactive work, but I always want to make space for the people, the introverts in the group who don't like to talk out loud. You do not have to, ever, but I also want you to know that um, we want each other to have turns at the tables talking to one another so make space for each other to talk if someone wants to talk. Sometimes it takes other people longer to think through and then to speak than some of you might be able to speak off the top of your head. So that's kind of what we'll do each week. But here's what I'd like you to do. Looking at this, I understand uh, Pastor Michael um, showed me some of the sort of the wording that was used throughout your Sunday school class here to understand parts of the Bible. Um, And so here's some cheater notes for you to remind you. This is what we did over the last nine months. Um, What would you say in one minute? I would like you to get together at your table. And if you're welcome to work in a group of three, if you want to join in over here, feel free, Kent. If you want to feel free to come up here, feel free. Um, But working at your table, come up with a one-minute story. Someone will have to take notes because we'll want you to read it out loud. And I'm going to time you. Okay, so think through that child, that clerk, that waitress who says, why is this book so important? And come up with your story. Um, You don't have to use these words. These are just to jog your memory. So you can go ahead and start working.
3: Look at how, what it did oh. for your grandparents. You <laughs> Look what reading the Bible did for yeah. your grandparents and parents. Um, also, that it explains our, our creation and our purpose. It's a roadmap for our life. No matter what mistakes we make, they are forgivable. If we ask for God's forgiveness and repent of our sin or our mistakes, might use mistakes instead of sins if it's somebody that's not familiar with the Bible, um, so that we can be free and have eternal life with our Creator. It's also an attempt to bring meaning to a seemingly meaningless universe.
0: So I, what I hear from that, too, is it's uh, the story of what's in the Bible, but also the why. Why is this important, which is helpful. When you're in a postmodern society where there's a lot of truths out there that are weighed the same or given the same credence, you're, you're trying to say this is why this might weigh more. Okay.
2: You guys ready? Okay, so we came up with um, it's a guide for our beliefs as Christians. Um, it gives us a, a background um, of of faith and belief. Um, it is the story of God's relationship to men, and um, it's a book of God's love for His people, unconditional love, and it's God's word inspired through people to put down on paper. Um, and after a long time God realized he needed a human God among the people to shake up the status quo and the good news.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Door number three. She's bringing you a microphone.
1: hanky <laughs> bam <laughs> Okay. Um, The Bible is a chapter book written by many special people that tell about the creation and God's relationship to a special group of people that worshiped only one God. The book is divided into two sections, old and new. The old tells about God's faithfulness to broken people, and the new tells about how God sent his son to remind people that the most important law is to love the Lord your God with all your mind and soul and spirit and love your neighbor God's son gave his life for um, our, for the believers that were, uh, <laughs> I can't read my writing, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do that too sometimes, it's all right. Uh, that are to come for forgiveness, oh, for, for the followers that were and are to come for forgiveness of sins and life everlasting with Christ and God.
0: That's great, okay. So do you hear how different, first of all, how different all of your stories were which I think it's key to understand that you bring yourself to the Bible. You have a certain filter, a certain lens through which you see the Bible. It's kind of like these glasses, which are... When I got these glasses, I was... I almost wanted to deck the ophthalmologist because they're trifocals, trifocals. So these help me to see through a particular lens this is what happens when you read the Bible. You have a particular lens of life that you're looking through, and you have a different lens of life. Right, yeah, thanks for saying that. He doesn't have trifocals. Um, um, so you have bifocals, yeah. So, um, so you bring yourself to God's Word. It is truth, but different times in your life, you will approach God's Word in a different way. God's Word is here for you, no matter what stage or season of life that you're in. You may be in a season of joy. You may be in a season of lament or deep sorrow. You may be in a season where you readily feel like you want to praise the Lord. You may be in a season where you're like, who is this Jesus anyway? I need you to prove yourself to me. All of those things. God takes all of our emotions and he accepts you as you are. And he, you can rely on this and you can come to this with whatever stage and lens of life and you will find God's word to you. What I'd like to know, as we continue to think through the big story of the Bible that you've learned either through this class or through other points in your life, what I would like to know, is there a particular section of the Bible that stood out to you as something that was particularly impactful? Particularly impactful. It, it took you from up here in your brain, in our Presbyterian thinking brains, and it got us to go here into the center of our will, our heart, the Bible says. What took you there? So it may have been something you heard in this class the last several months, may just be something you've studied. What is that? And would you be willing to say that out loud? Okay. Why why is that particularly impactful? Do we need the microphone? I don't know if you're recording. Does it matter? Oh, okay. Do you mind being the... I can actually do this, so you can relax. Here you go, sir. I don't think you need a microphone, right? No. From what I remember. Uh, okay. But
2: all the first
1: part is fine. I went back to that. But Jesus' ministry, uh, from there on, is what this over.
0: Okay. Who else? Haha, <laughs> ha you don't have to talk. <laughs> What impacts you, would you say? In, you, in the course of your life, what's really impacted you in the Bible? No? Okay. Hold on just a second.
1: It's that God is always with us and for us, and there's times that we may not know it. It's like the, the footprints in the sand, mm-hmm. but God is always there for us in joy and sorrow, and mm-hmm. he will see us through. And we need to keep our eye on him rather than the worldly things that are pulling us away or giving us sorrow, mm-hmm. knowing that, that he will keep us safe.
0: Mm-hmm. Said by a true Stephen minister who's taken the idea of empathy and the Lord caring for us in the midst of our joys and sorrows, and she's able to give that ministry to others. Did you have a... What's been most impactful to you in the story of the Bible?
1: I think the uh, combination of the shepherds and the sheep, I was in Germany uh, in the Mm -hmm. military on guard duty up uh, up on a hill at our ammo dump and all of a sudden I heard a big racket come down the hill and sure enough it was some sheep coming down, led by of course modern shepherds now, but I remarked to myself, these Sheep have got to be about the dumbest animals I've ever, ever seen. And I, I think it's an indication of, in spite of these animals being so dumb, that shepherds are going to give their lives for them. Mm-hmm.
0: You're absolutely right. Sheep are known to be not very smart animals. And it is interesting that we're compared to sheep in the Bible. But it's also interesting that Jesus, as the great shepherd, is willing to lay down his life for the sheep, willing to set aside of a of a herd of a hundred, keep the ninety nine here safe and go after one that was lost. That's a parable we hear from Jesus. Someone else, what's but impactful? Next week. I'm sure next week, we want to see the sheep shirt.
2: Well,
3: I'm gonna. Can you hear that? Yeah. I re- agree with Jerry that um, the Jesus ministry and just hearing the stories of people who met him and how they responded and what they did. And they were real people with um, weaknesses. And it's very um, reassuring and makes me think about how would I respond to that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. And I have to say that um, I really have been one of those people that avoided Revelation because of the weirdness of it and I really felt that Michael brought that really to life and and gave it a lot more depth than I ever knew was mm-hmm. in that particular mm-hmm. book so I really appreciated that particular section mm-hmm. and I think that was a um a new learning for me this time Good. Around.
0: revelation can feel um just like a little scary because it's really apoc- I mean, it's apocryphal and there's codes in it and there's you know, hidden meanings, and I'm glad he did that for you.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. M- Michael really, really laid that out. Great. Revelation.
3: Okay. Made Yeah,
2: I I think the Messianic prophecies that, that at least we consider them Messianic prophecies in Isaiah and mm-hmm. other parts of the Bible, to see how those, even though they were given hundreds and years before it came into being later. To me, that's always been very impactful. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, the prophets are very intriguing, the major and minor prophets, that God called them to be a, a messenger, a sort of like a bullhorn, you know, that you speak through, a megaphone, I guess, um, for a certain purpose, and that the Old Testament points toward these, it's almost if it were a timeline, Old Testament... The New Testament, the Old Testament points toward these messianic prophecies. The New Testament points back and said, yes, these are true. And so the Bible ties itself together. It's all about Jesus, all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Anyone else?
1: I I echo the Jesus's ministry part um, A group of us were privileged to go to Israel in 2016. And it just, everything is reinforced by being in those places that he was, you know, where he put his feet down, we put our feet down. Uh, Sea of Galilee, all of that, it's very, very compelling and um, reinforcing to make that trip. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you.
2: Organizer of the uh, you're going again? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. What, what year are you planning?
0: Two years. That's on my bucket list, too, to go there at some point. Okay, and so I want to continue trying to take what you've learned about the Bible, and we're going to continue to try to make sure it's hitting your heart, your will. Um, the Bible describes um, your heart as the 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 will, the the center of your being, what drives your beliefs, your attitudes, your motivations, your behaviors. And so we just want to make sure we're connecting it down there. So Rich, if you would advance to the next slide, I'd love for you to think about these questions. Oh, you know what? Yeah, go to the next slide. There we go. We'll stick with that for a second. Here's one I want to make sure and underscore. Um, and these are probably things that you know, but I just want to say them again to you in trying to make the case of the Bible being something that you consider having a devotional life with, something that is something you're building on. I'm using both microphones. I don't need to do that. Something you're building your life around. But the Bible is God's word for you. As somebody said... Um, He inspired many writers over many centuries. They lived in many different contexts so that the Lord could tell you who he is and who you are in light of that. So this Bible is not an impersonal work of literature like you might study another work of literature. It is one of the most personal books that you'll ever read because the Lord of the universe who understands you and humanity better than any other person could, is the author of this book. So, you know, uh, getting letters in the mail is not as common as it used to be. But imagine if you were to receive in tomorrow morning's mail a letter from someone that you know loves you deeply and someone who you consider wise. Here's what I bet we would all do with that letter. We would open it, we would read it carefully, We might reread it to make sure we understand the tone of the letter, what that person is trying to communicate and meaning. We might tuck that letter away, pull it back out in a couple weeks and reread it again because we want to remember the love and the wisdom in that letter. Well, Hebrews chapter 4 says that the word of God is alive and active. It's not just an old book written to people a long time ago. It's live and active this morning for us. And so this book is that letter written to you and to me, full of love and full of wisdom. 2 Timothy says that all scripture is God-breathed. So take a moment to think. The breath of the creator of the universe has breathed out, and this is what the result is. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's you and I, you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Psalm 119 says that the Bible is a lamp for our feet and a light to our path. Other verses tell us that God's word is truth, life, medicine, light, bread, living water, and a rock upon which we can build our life. God's word is called wisdom, hope, perfection, and everlasting. So when it comes to any one thing that you might want to shape your life around— And I know that we could be tempted to shape our lives around a person or another book or a habit or a life principle. But when it comes to one thing that you want to shape your life around, there is nothing else more wise than God's word. There is nothing else that brings more hope. There is nothing else that is as perfectly true. And there's nothing else that will stand the test of time eternal. This is the gift of the scriptures to you and to me. So we can go to that last slide, Rich. So in this class, I'm going to, that word homework, oh no, I just gave you all flashbacks. In this class, I would like to give you some things to think through, and we're actually going to do this homework in class today, because we are moving along a little quicker than I anticipated. Um, But what I want to do each week is to give you something to reflect on or to try a spiritual habit also called a spiritual discipline to try at home Um, but we're going to do this today and what i'd like you to do um, if you need some scrap paper to do this we can get some more but you don't have to write it down you could just think quietly to yourself for a few moments if regularly reading scripture is not currently something that i do what keeps me from doing it and how can i motivate myself and create space for the spiritual practice so if you would, just to yourselves for a moment, just think through, if it helps you to jot notes down, we can get you some paper and pen. Think through these questions honestly, and then I'm going to ask if some of you b- would be willing to say your answer out loud.
1: There's a scripture on each morning that you read first, and then the professor tells you about it. Mm-hmm.
0: So sometimes. better for me than uh, mm-hmm. trying to do it on my own. So you know yourself. And it's, just, it's helpful to have a guide yep. to walk through that. And there are so many, um, oh gosh, if you guys would like some ideas for helpful ways to read the Bible, I'll bring some papers in the next couple weeks and some guides, and I'm sure the library, your library, has so many ideas. You don't have to figure this out on your own. Did you know that? Because that's too overwhelming. Okay, who else would answer that first question for us?
2: There are many in this room that attend Pastor Dave's Bible study on Tuesday morning. And uh, so that is, uh, again, a discipline. And to attend that class, and it's scripture-based. And so we're going through that, the book of Mark right now, but you go through that scripture verse by verse. And, you know, the opportunity to ask questions. And he admits he doesn't have all the answers, which none of us do. Um, but it's just the opportunity to get more insight into to that particular Bible study.
0: We're going to try probably next week a spiritual practice called Lexio Divina, which means the divine reading of the word. And we're going to take time to reflect on a passage of Scripture, but also be quiet to see if the Spirit might talk back to us about that Scripture, because it's a conversation. It's a conversation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it took, we, uh, his wife was in Joanna class at Worcester, so
0: we okay. knew her a long time ago. So you knew the Sprouls, or before she was a Sproul, she.
2: Yeah, before she was a Sproul. I don't remember maiden name, though.
0: But a good point there is that um, there are going to be a lot of people who claim to know what's in this word and have a perspective on it. Some of them are... Good professors, some of them are yahoos you don't want to listen to. So you want to kind of know and test if someone's helping you to interpret the word. You want to test to make sure their interpretation is good and they're a good guide. Um, but also I'll contend in the coming weeks that when it comes to the Bible, we want to use our own eyes first. Our own eyes first.
1: It's amazing to me how different each of the people that responded mm-hmm. is
0: are. Yeah, we all have a different relationship to God. We all have a different relationship to his word based on what's happening in our lives. Um, And and what's the goodness and the trueness, the truth, the truthy truth, the love that's in this scripture pertains to all of us. You can bring yourself to this. You don't have to be just right. You don't have to be good or perfect or in the best place of your life to approach God's word. He takes you as you are. Think about that second question, and maybe maybe you're not ready to answer that. Maybe you need to spend this week thinking about it, but how could you motivate yourself and create space for this spiritual practice? And now I want you to see, I'm really clearly saying go from thinking about it to I'm going to ask you to try to do this this week. What can motivate yourself to create space for that? Just think about it, even this week. Anybody have any ideas or anything that's worked in the past as you've tried to think through this? Well, like Jared
1: said, mm-hmm. I have various things like Jesus Calling and Jesus in the Morning mm-hmm. and a lot of guidepost things. Mm-hmm. And they and that keeps me focused. That if, you know, That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. And they all start with
0: scripture or end with scripture. And that's good. That Jesus Calling especially is very interesting. Yeah, guideposts. And other guideposts. Mm-hmm. Anything that you think I might need to shift this in my life a little bit in order to make space for this spiritual practice? And what do you think that might be?
2: That's all i got is time now. Time, time, okay. Yeah?
0: Yeah?
3: I think this is me, but other people, too, is when I talk to people, I think as a, as a... Uh, culture, we don't sleep enough, and that I think if you actually got more time to get a good rest, you would have more time.
0: Does that sound crazy? But That does not. It's a holistic life approach. Yes, Mm -hmm. but
3: it's also that you don't feel like, oh, I'm so tired, and I have to drag myself through this next thing, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to take a nap, and then I'm going (laughs) to, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like getting your life organized, but truly having enough sleep, which seems... Very very practical and mundane, but... Mm-hmm. I'm doing that right.
2: I get, I get about an hour and a half.
0: There you go. Well, that's good. It's probably good for you. Yeah. It doesn't seem silly. Um, I think that looking at your whole life and trying to think what actually might, as a person, what might I need to shift is important. More sleep is definitely important. So I'm an introvert who I... Um, don't like to talk to people in the morning. I mean, 9.15, when we started talking, that was push, pushing it for me. No, I just need time to wake up. But I did find, um, just because I need to get up with my dogs, I need to get up because my 17-year-old needs to get to school and we will just keep sleeping. Um, so I'm up earlier than I would normally want to be and have found that um, once he's off to school, I, I just tend to sit there, and that's a good time for me. Whereas if you would have asked if I was a morning person a long time ago, no way. But I also have to go to bed around 10 to be able to do that. So it, it can work. All right, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We are going to end a little bit early today. Uh, oh, maybe you could go visit your library because that's one of the suggestions I want to give you. But um, here's what I, I would like for you to do today is to, to take time and reflect and observe this week. How do you spend your free time? Okay. And maybe based on who you are and what you like to do, you might want to um, journal about this. You might just want to take note in your mind. You might want to talk to a friend about it. But how do you how do you spend your free time and then think through these questions? And now these aren't meant to pro- provoke guilt in any way. They're not. We're just reflecting. We're, remember, we're just trying to figure out how do I have a relationship with this God's word to me? All right. Again, there's no guilt, nothing like that, because I'm hoping that maybe every day could you try 15 minutes, just 15 minutes, to think about this book, and maybe if you have a passage or a book of the Bible that particularly stands out to you, because several of you said what stood out to you, when we talked about that, could you just... Read and reflect on it for 15 minutes a day this week. Or use your guideposts or R.C. Sproul or Jesus Calling or what have you. 15 minutes. If you don't succeed, great. If you succeed, great. We're just simply trying to figure out how do I approach the Bible devotionally. And I just want to make sure you hear this. This, like every other spiritual practice, is not about quantity. It's not about... Being good enough, it's not about being successful. Spiritual practices are about being faithful. That's all. Faithful in whatever ways you can be. Jesus meets us the rest of the way, and he enables us. This Holy Spirit enables us, okay? It's not about your effort. Um, Just reflect on yourself and notice this week. And then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about that next week as we start to get into some spiritual practices that have to do with the Bible. So, Before I pray for us to close, do we have any questions? Yeah.
3: Sure. Sure. And I I tried to find it. I I can't find it. But what stood out was the Bible is your conduit to God. And that, that just hit me. So I thought I'd share that. Okay.
0: That's perfect. Yeah, Rich.
1: You mentioned a couple of things that would help us do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Can you mention
0: some yes, more? Yes, I will. Okay, so the first thing I w- I'd love for you to suggest is because I know you have that library. It's right behind that wall. Um, and so there might be books. Think about where am I in this point in my life in my relationship with God? Who do I think he is? What do I need? Is there a book of the Bible that stands out to me? You go into that library and you could select something off the shelf, okay? That might be a daily type thing that Jerry was describing, or maybe you're going to read a book on the prophets, as Kent was describing. Um, I'm going to bring to you a paper next—I'll try to to bring it next week— about how to read the Bible. There are different Bible reading plans that you could follow. So if it's helpful for you to be told, okay, read these chapters today, then read these chapters tomorrow— we're not trying to get through the Bible in a year. If you want that, well, gold star to you, but that, you don't have to do that. The lectionary. So you're going to read the lectionary in your order of worship today. Notice I didn't say bulletin. Points for you. Thank you. Make sure you tell Pastor Dave. That's um, on the recording, order of worship. Um, so you're going to see the parts of the lectionary, and then he still probably has that sectionary, uh, section of what to read next week. That would be a really easy guide for you. You could read it next week and read it through the week. And then when you come back to worship next week, you'll have a sense of why are the songs picked out? Because they go along with the lectionary. Why is the sermon picked out? Because it goes along with the lectionary, okay? Um, There's a great reading plan called The Reading Plan for Shirkers and Slackers, which I love because it just names it. Um, uh, I'll, I'll bring some other selections of ideas for you. Perfect. Um, Like email? Okay, email. Would we just Google? Okay. Okay. All right. So you could go to a Google or an online Bing or Yahoo or whatever that you use and type in PCUSA and lectionary. And then they'll send it to you every day in your email. There are lots of different ideas. So we'll we'll come up with more ideas. Um, You could try to pick one for this week. Or you can just kind of notice yourself and answer these questions this week. All right? But we're going to move us toward action in the next month. All right. All right, let me pray for you, and then we can dismiss. Lord, we thank you that you've gathered these 13 people these 14 people here today that we are here because we want to be near you we want to learn more about you we want to understand your word um, we bring you ourselves and all of our brokenness and all of our joys and all of our sorrows and we thank you cuz you the lord of the universe the creator of all you love each of us tenderly and you communicate that to us through your word you also call us to correction Through your word, you also give us truth and hope. I ask, Lord, that each person in this room would take notice of their life in a different way this week. That they would just notice where are the places that perhaps I could approach God's word devotionally in a different way. Or where are the places that I already do that and feel fed by that. Lord, that you would gently, through your spirit, Tap on our shoulder, whisper in our ears, um, as you did with the Israelites in the desert. Woo us to yourself and remind us that this is not about quantity or success. It's just about a faithfulness and a relationship with you. We thank you that you love us so much that you breathed out this word for us as a way to find you and to know you. I pray for my friends here. We're grateful for this month that we get to spend together. Pray in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. See you hopefully next week. Thank you.